I'm your host, Victoria Margarita, leaf lover and wannabe cannabis entrepreneur. Joining me today is Paisley, owner of Peach Honey, a line of CBD flower pre-rolls. Peach Honey was built on the practice of creating loving rituals in our daily lives. Inspired by the discovery and celebration of self-love and self-care, they strive to be a gentle reminder to our community to take time to connect with your body, mind, and spirit. Peach Honey wants you to squeeze a bit of euphoria into your busy life because you deserve it. Their organic high-grade CBD flower is non-psychoactive, which allows their community to enjoy the relaxing benefits of smoking while remaining alert and focused. They invite you to take a deep breath and get gooey with Peach Honey Flower. On this episode, we chat about how Peach Honey pivoted their launch strategy due to the pandemic, growing your business within your means financially and energetically. Do you have to be the social media face of your brand to be successful? Breathe, babes, because Paisley says no. We also dropped some great information about selling CBD in dispensaries and checking our privilege of working in this space by giving back to organizations that help those who have suffered from the war on drugs. Paisley's personality is electric, and I can't wait for you guys to get into this episode. Without further ado, let's sesh. Hello, Paisley. Welcome to the Work Sesh podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. I'm so excited to have you. I want to go ahead and start off. Tell us a little about yourself and how did Peach Honey come to life? Yeah, so I am 28 years old. I'm living in Los Angeles. Peach Honey launched just under a year ago. I spent a majority of my professional life working in like corporate America and transferring kind of into a real estate role and then launching Peace Honey within the last year. Really the like initial inception of Peach Honey was to be very blunt, an idea that I didn't wanna work for anybody else anymore. I was so tired of being in an office, going underneath someone's other schedule and their rules. And so this was an idea of like, I wanna do my own thing. Um, and then also just finding a way that I, I wanted to find something that I could put myself into and would be very authentic to who I am and a way to for people to like feel my energy and connect with me in a way. And so that was like the initial like baby inception of Peach Honey. And from there, it evolved from like an idea of a clothing brand to I want to make CBD products. And that was, you know, from there formulating uh, CBD skincare line, which is still very much in the works and something I really love. But I was just about to launch about a week before COVID hit. And so I had an investor, you know, a skincare company is very expensive. I had a pop-up at Coachella scheduled and like this whole trajectory of what my life would look like. And then the world shut down. And my investor obviously was like, I'm not giving you all of this money right now. And so I had to pivot and I had to figure out what was going to make the most sense for me and for this company. Like, what am I going to put out in the world right now? I don't think CBD body shimmer is something someone's going to invest in. So I came across CBD flower and immediately fell in love with it. I haven't been drinking for almost three years. And so I found myself dabbling more into like smoking weed socially or as like a fun thing to do. 
And, but I didn't always like being super high. Um, you know, I don't need to eat a pint of ice cream every time I decide to partake in a, yeah. in a fun activity. And so I came across CBD flower and I was like, oh my God, this is what I want. I've already loved CBD. I would put it in my lattes in the morning. Um, but the way that smoking it affected me was much different. And so I went, this is it. This is how I can put this product out there, A, within a budget that I can afford and I don't need to bring in an investor in and B, still be a representation of what I wanted this brand to be, which is something that encourages people to take time for themselves, you know, take moments to like, just really be in love with you, like how important that is. I had a moment of going, oh my God, I'm in love with myself, (laughs) which sounds so corny to say out loud, but every woman and person in this world needs to have that moment. And that sort of was the catalyst to like what this brand was really about, which is like daily rituals of self-love, taking time for yourself, taking time to like care for your mental health. You know, this has helped me a ton with my anxiety. Um, And so I pivoted and dug in and reconfigured the brand a little bit and came out with CBD pre-roll joints, which has been really exciting and, and fun to watch the world interact with. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love a CBD too. CBD is, the, I had the same thing. Sometimes I don't want to be high in public or just out doing about, but I want, you know, that relaxed feeling or just a certain vibe. And CBD has really helped me too. Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of just takes that edge off. I mean, the fact that I could like smoke one in the middle of the day, if I'm feeling that like 3 p.m. anxiety of what to do next, but then still be able to continue to work. And it just takes that like, my anxiety can be very paralyzing at times. Like I can just sit there and just think, and that's not fun. And then I'm mad at myself that I'm just sitting there and thinking, and it just, it's this never ending cycle. And that can just sort of pull me away from that feeling and allow me to like carry on with my life and in, in a productive and happy way. Yeah. And then you said you started right before the C, uh, right before the CBD, right? You started right before the pandemic hit. And also too, during the pandemic, I couldn't smoke. It was making everything way too real. And it was yep. just too scary of a time for me to like deeply think about. So I had to stop and I, I relied heavily on CBD like this whole time too. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were like really forced to sit with ourselves and which can be a beautiful thing. But if you're going to like indulge in a substance that might exasperate that like sitting with yourself feeling sometimes in like a paranoid or you know all-consuming way it can it can be a lot you know and then you're feeling guilty the next day and yada 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 it's a whole thing so cbd seemed like it's like distant cousin that you can feel safe to like hang out with all the time (laughs) yeah totally so peach honey is a brand new biz you said you launched pretty much a year ago what has been your biggest challenge so far Yeah, I think, you know, in the last year, really what's been challenging is being a one woman team. I still work full time in real estate and doing some interior design projects. And uh, so I don't take any money from the business. Um, But the entire business is me from producing all of the joints themselves to packaging, shipping, marketing, social media. I had to figure out how to be an accountant, sort of, and manage QuickBooks. So there's always something new to kind of keep spinning. There's always a different plate. Um, And so sometimes that can be a little overwhelming. But on the flip side of that, it is like the greatest sense of accomplishment to go, oh, my God, I don't know how to build a website. And then figuring out how to do it and feeling so proud of yourself that you were capable of something like that or, you know, problem solving through production issues or a payment process or um, it can be really overwhelming at times because you're just learning as you go for a majority of it. I mean, I didn't complete college. I went for a couple of years. I didn't have parents that were, you know, my mom's an entrepreneur now, but we've we've been very much figure it out for yourself kind of gals. And so 
Um, that's always been my motto. So at times it can be a bit of a struggle and, and a challenge to face, but it's also very rewarding in the process. Yeah, that's amazing. It's funny because I interviewed someone the other day who they've been in it for six years and they're still basically a one woman team. Yeah. So it's just funny how, you know, sometimes you grow a team and then sometimes you stay solo, but yeah, it's all, it's all what works best for you. Right. I mean, I think there's some people and I know that I can be guilty of this where I'm like, no, 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 I've got this. I can do this all by myself. And so I think, uh, you know, learning to ask for help is really important when you need it, but some people, they just, they work it better themselves. You know, I've always had that motto. Like I just, I can do it better on my end. You know, I'll just figure this out for me. So I think that's going to be, uh, something to, to do going forward is learning how to trust somebody with what is my baby and bring people on that I know will have the same love and drive to to bring it into fruition. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, delegating is really hard. I've done that with this podcast too. I was like, oh, I can sit down and learn how to edit it. And then I was like, really though, because I work full time too, yeah. it would just be better to hand it off to someone to do. And so I have an editor and it's, it's nice. Definitely yeah. delegating, I highly recommend. Absolutely. I mean, I think you you reach this point where it's like a, a risk reward scale of like, okay, the risk of like this person messing it up maybe is larger, but the reward is this huge upside that you have all of this time back and you can focus on other things. So I know that I'm definitely getting to that point and I would love to be at that point financially where I could get some help here and there. But you know, it's trusting, it's trusting others, which is I guess what life is all about. We got to trust each other. So yeah, <laughs> it's a growth. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. You get used to handing it off and it coming back completely done and it's magical. You're just like, wow, <laughs> it's all done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is one thing that you've learned so far that has been the most helpful? Um, I think the most helpful thing kind of touching back on really what we've just talked about is learning to ask for help when you need it and learning to ask for outside advice when you need it and and being open to any feedback that comes back. I've definitely um, sent out, you know, an email blast to a friend and been like, what do you think? And, you know, instead of them being like, it's amazing, you killed it, they'll have feedback, which is what I asked for. And sometimes I'm like, oh, but you don't just love it. Like, you don't just think it's the most amazing thing ever. And you can get take it personally and get your feelings hurt. But you have to be um, you have to sort of put your personal feelings aside and recognize that this is a business and that, you know, outside opinion is really helpful. I think there's that like whole story about the guy who invented the Segway. He didn't ask for help for anybody or advice outside of his like, you know, Silicon Valley millionaires. And so they all thought this like overly expensive machine that you were going to ride around on instead of walking was going to revolutionize the world. And it ended up being like a weird tourist trap thing because he never asked for advice outside of his circle of like what what could really be impactful from this invention. And so I always try to keep that in the back of my head of like, okay, if I just keep it here, I've only got my perspective on it. And my perspective isn't the only one that matters. So it's important to kind of reach out and, and get other input. Yeah, that ego control is really important too. Yeah, the big E word, that. ego. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my like temper will go off sometimes if someone, yeah, exactly, doesn't immediately like something and I'm like, no wait yeah. where are my compliments please acknowledge me and validate what i'm doing <laughs> yeah. but you have to put that aside and go okay it's it's this is a safe space and there's a reason i'm asking for help here yeah definitely a thing from your instagram packaging and your merch the branding is so cohesive and really captures that gooey mood that peach honey is all about do you have any tips for creating a solid branding thank you a for saying that i really appreciate it because it was 
you know, it's, it's a big process to go through branding your, your company, because I think especially now we're exposed to so many brands and so many different looks and so many different concepts that can be very easily influenced into what you're doing. And so I think the best piece of advice given, you know, the process that I went through is a, uh, in the very beginning, I did hire a branding agency to help me come up with the branding and packaging for the skincare. Um, and a lot of the verbiage, I knew that was something that I was really going to struggle with. So like, be really aware of what your weaknesses are. And I knew that copyright was going to be really hard for me. And so I, I invested in that. I didn't skimp out on it. And I'm very glad that I didn't. And because of that, what they were able to take from just my mind, it's still all me. It's just me talking endlessly about what I wanted to create here. And they were able to put it in a way that made sense as a brand. Um, so having that to sort of launch into what I would then create the peach honey flower brand into um, was was really helpful. And I just try to stay really true to myself and what I knew I wanted and what I knew I saw for this brand. Um, because I would, you know, design the whole box. I knew from the beginning that I wanted like a small vintage cigarette box. And then I would start talking to people about it. And they're like, oh, that's really hard to do. I don't know about this. And you have to kind of keep pushing and digging to like really create what you want. And then I would design the whole thing. And I went through like, a million different off-white Pantones and finally selected one and felt like I signed off on it and really loved it. And then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh no, we should have made everything orange. What was I thinking? You know, and you have this like innate self-doubt, but I think really trusting yourself and trusting what your initial vision is, is so important and, and digging into it and knowing where to spend money and where not to. I mean, I, like I said, I invested in a branding agency, agency TK. They were incredible to help come up with the foundation of who Peach Honey was specifically for the skincare. And then when I was doing flower, I knew that I wanted an icon to go with the text logo that they had created. And I reached out to them and it was going to be another couple grand. And I was just like, I don't, that's, you know, half of what I have to launch the flower with. I don't have that in me right now. And so I went on Fiverr. And I found a girl that I loved her work. And I just, you know, again, brain dumped onto her what I was envisioning. And she nailed it. And it was 50 bucks. And it was it was great. So I think learning to balance the like Rolls Royce of branding agency options that you have available with like how you can kind of, you know, substitute some things on the back end is really important as well when you're you're creating a brand. Yeah, that's such great advice to, you know, research other options other than you know, a branding agency if you don't have the funds in the moment. I also looked into Fiverr for um, yeah. podcasts, the intro music and stuff. Oh, fun. Yeah. And so I had two people make beats that just ended up not just being like the ones. And then I found a website where you can license sounds. And so you just browse and select one. And that's what ended up working out for me. But there's so many other options, yeah. especially when you're new and working with a small budget. I think that's so important. And if anything, when you kind of test out these smaller options, you learn what you don't want, which is even better. You know, you can just kind of keep narrowing it down. So I think it's really important to just, you know, do your research and explore, especially if you're you're working on that budget and you got to move some funds around here and there. So, yeah, especially I think it's important for I know there's a lot of cannabis business entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who are listening and they're also working full time and having you know, doing this as their side hustle, it's so hard to just balance out, you know, what can you do? What can't you do? And then like really wanting to put in your all and then like having to hold yourself back and like waiting and letting the whole thing happen as it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that process of, of you know, waiting and letting things kind of fall into place is important as well. I 
definitely learned that through the process of this business in the beginning. I'm I've got this mindset that I have to have a thousand of everything. I don't know why, but I a thousand was my number. So I was like, I need to get a thousand envelopes and a thousand of these. And there was certain like minimum unit orders from other companies that I could have went with that would have saved me money. And so now my entire kitchen is just like shipping envelopes everywhere and like little things that I didn't need to order such a huge quantity of in the beginning. But at you you come up with these rules in your head. And so, you know, I think you continue to learn and, and be open to adaption through that process of going, okay, I know that I don't need to order, you know, six boxes of shipping envelopes going forward. I can just scale back on that a little bit and be fine. So I think, you know, that process is really important as well in learning how to like manage business finances, which is a new thing for me and very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you understood my question. I feel like I said that so weird, but what I meant to say was just like, yeah, doing business within your means. <laughs> yeah, no, girl, I got you. Don't worry. We're here. We're right here. <laughs> you yeah, answered it perfectly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I discovered Peach Honey by stumbling upon your TikTok account. It can be tricky growing a cannabis brand on social media, even if your product isn't psychoactive. Your TikTok is all about you with sprinkles of peach honey. Do you think it's important for small cannabis owners to build their personal brand in order to grow their business? Has it helped you? And what advice can you give someone who is shy about being in front of the camera? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a couple of things there. A, so thrilled you found me through TikTok and also sorry, you know, because I'm just, I just really am very me on there. And I think that growing, I, I would love nothing more than to be able to just grow peach honey through there and make cute vibey content, though sometimes I get nervous about it. Like I, I try my hardest with creating social content, but it does give me a lot of anxiety at times because I'm like, are people going to like this? Is this cool? Is this what you're supposed to be doing? That that word supposed to is is haunting at times and I, is something I'm continuing to practice to let go of. But yeah, it can be frustrating when you're trying to post something that is a federally legal that I'm running out of my living room, basically, and it's immediately flagged and taken down. And so I understand that, you know, this video could potentially reach an audience that can't participate in this industry yet because of their age. But if they can figure out how to block an entire video, I think we can segment it through age groups. You know, I think there's an answer there. Um, and I also think it unfortunately continues to exasperate the narrative that weed and CBD is is like this harmful controlled substance when I think as a society, we're continuing to grow and normalize weed and CBD. And granted, I live in California and I know that North Dakota probably has a different narrative or even Texas still. But I think the the closer that we move to acceptance is, is you know, eliminating abuse of the drug and, and thinking that it's this, you know, harmful thing. And then as far as, you know, uh, people who think, let me back up on that. As far as, you know, growing a personal brand um, for promoting your business, it's something that I did because that's what I knew. And that's what I've been doing for years. And I know that other people have other options that help them grow a business, like getting a college degree, or maybe your family's involved, or you've got a great network of people that can help you grow, um, or you were able to have this, that, and the other connection. But I had me, I've always kind of just had me for anything that I've done. And luckily, I'm kind of loud and I got a lot of things to say and I'm not shy in front of a camera. And I've also really dug in and learned who I was and, and wanted to show that authentically as a way for people to connect or, you know, feel a sense of community within. And so I think that if, for me, yes, it worked. But if it's something that you're not comfortable with, I don't think it's the only way to grow a brand. I mean, I think we are in an age of influencers and 
big followings and TikToks and viral videos, but it's not the only way to be successful. I think it sometimes looks like the most glamorous way, quote unquote, to be successful, but it's not it's not the only way. I I sometimes wish I was better at the other things, you know, the like analytical customer acquisition through advertising and email marketing. And to be honest, half of that is over my head most of the time. And so this is something that I know I can like talk to and and figure out. Um, So I think it's, I think marketing your business and growing your business is really at its core in the beginning about being authentic to yourself and what feels right, because that's what's going to continue to grow energetically in the universe and, you know, feel right for you that you're excited about doing it. If you're not excited about posting a picture, then it's never going to feel good. And it's never going to be like this authentic growth experience for you. So yeah, I think that's, that's kind of my perspective on it throughout the years. It can hear all the introverts listening, just sighing with relief. <laughs> that yeah. you said that they yeah. don't have to, if it doesn't work for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I, I think we've been grown up in an age now uh, where you see this like perfect quote unquote, you know, image on Instagram and, and the promotions and all of these things. And so we're conditioned to believe that's the only way, but I do think some people are getting tired and it's becoming white noise to see, you know, another cute influencer girl be like, check out my smoothies, you know, no shade to them whatsoever, but we've seen it. And so if you have a different way to grow your business that like works for you and works for the brand, go for it, you know? Yeah, it really has grown to be just an unsustainable business model to be constantly pushing yourself to put out content every three seconds. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, sticking yourself to that idea or making it your sole source of income or your sole way of promoting either yourself or your brand is really detrimental to your mental health. I mean, I think there's there was this article I just saw in the New York Times about really young TikTok creators, Gen Z, who blew up at the start of the pandemic. But being TikTok, you're bound to the algorithms of TikTok that that you're going, it's going to be a trend and you're going to fade out at some point. And they teach you to like, you know, keep making the same types of videos over and over because that's what's going to be promoted. And then eventually people don't want to see those types of videos anymore. And so these kids are losing their whole followings and they put their whole, you know, sense of being in there and it's their source of income now. And then it's taken away from you. And that's really, really hard on anyone. And so, you know, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 20 years old and thought that the only way that I would be happy and successful is if I was an Instagram model. I genuinely saw that in 2013 as like, this is it. This is what will save me. And I was so sad. I was so insecure. And I was overwhelmed with the idea of like constantly trying to be this content machine. And it wasn't it wasn't for me. And luckily, I was at a point in my life where I was working full time for a company. And then I was trying to model full time. And pardon my French, but I was half assing two things. And I decided I needed to whole ass one thing. And the one thing that made me happy consistently was the corporate job, nine to five at that time. It was a wonderful community. It was a safe space. You know, you see like one image on an Instagram from a photo shoot I might have done or something like that. And you're like, oh, what a great day. Like you were like by a pool, but like cut to in the background. I'm very anxious. I feel very insecure around all these other girls. Some of them aren't nice to me. The photographer is being weird. You know, it's always it's always another story behind the scenes. And I'm glad that I didn't. Uh, fully invest myself in that. It was a, a, a such a learning experience for me and gave me a little bit of a platform, but it really 
you know, I've taken plenty of breaks from it. I will, if I need a mental health break, I will delete all my social media for a month at a time or two months at a time to just check back in with myself. Cause I think we can have this sort of obsessive thought with that content, you know, train that like, Oh my God, I get a picture of this. Oh, I'm wearing this outfit. I got to make sure I get this. And then you're not present and it's really hard. And so I think keeping a balance to like, what is reality and what is social media is so important more now than ever that we've, we've been a part of this, like, weird world of Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all of that. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I've done the same thing where Instagram came out with, oh, this is what you need to do to grow. Three reels a week, five posts, 10 Insta stories, whatever. And I was just like, no. Yeah. Who has like literally just no. And (laughs) I feel like in a lot of ways, everyone needs to start saying no. Like that shouldn't be a way to grow on any platform. And for them to come out and say, oh, this is all the list of things you need to do to grow on our platform was really, that really pissed me off, to be honest. I was just like, no, no this is exactly why people are, are going to leave your platform and not like taking it seriously anymore because it's just not sustainable for people. Yeah, they're just trying to reel you in with that dopamine and get you so hooked on it that if you're not doing that, you are sad. And it's it's a way of being dependent on what is you know, a capitalistic platform at the end of the day. And it that shouldn't be what it's for. They can make their like sappy commercials. Like it's about connection and being with your friends and like cut to a group of friends just staring at a phone, editing a photo because they need to like push something out. You know, I think, I don't think we should be, have to feel like we're a slave to it. So go you to say no. And more people should say no to to the Instagram monster sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for cannabis brands who like, okay, I'm gonna play by your game and then you're gonna immediately delete me. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's the other thing. It's like, oh, you're not even really welcoming what I'm doing here, even though it may be statewide legal or federally legal in whatever state you could be in. Um, you're still bound to their rules of censorship, which is inherently frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you said that. Putting all your eggs in the Instagram basket just isn't worth it on your mental health if that's just not something that you can do. So what do you recommend, I guess, other ways to put yourself out there locally or on the internet? Yeah, so I mean, I think email marketing has been big for me. It's something I'd like to be on top of more. You are, for most internet or uh, website hosting platforms like Shopify, they'll automatically import emails. And I've seen sales through that. So that's really exciting. Um, Another thing that I tried out, which I absolutely loved was I did a pop up at the Los Feliz flea market. And since I have, you know, my reseller's license, everything, I was able to go sell everything there. And I met wonderful people and made some sales and had like just such a great time with it. You know, and I thought it was such a great idea able to collaborate with one of my friends, it really wasn't that expensive to get a pop up there. Um, And so I think, you know, especially now that the world's opening back up, I'd love to pursue more avenues like that, either pop up its flea markets, or um, right now, I'm really trying to target hotels or boutiques um, that are able to maybe put me in their gift shop or, you know, in their in their shopping experience. Um, As a CBD brand that is hemp derived, I cannot legally be in a dispensary that carries THC like marijuana derived products in the state of California. Um, And so I'm really targeting 
other businesses that I think would be synergistic with this. Um, my goal right now, I would love to be in the Ace Hotel. So if anyone from the Ace Hotel is listening, I think Peach Honey would be adorable in your gift shop. Um, but, you know, fun things like that where people are like on vacation and this would be like a cute thing to do for the weekend. Like everybody wants to be extra gooey on vacation. So why not? First of all, I love the Ace Hotel and you're so right. Your branding would look perfect at the oh, Ace Hotel. <laughs> they make the best drinks. I love um, having a drink there. Yeah, the most fun. So I think targeting like interesting ways, you know, for I think there's this standard process idea of Instagram dispensaries, this thing, that thing that people feel like they're bound to, but there's endless possibilities with it. It's just finding what works best for you and your brand and like who will represent it and be passionate about it and, and want to, you know, collaborate with you on it. Yeah. So for people who are thinking about, you know, doing local flea markets or pop ups, you said what kind of license would they need? Um, I have my like uh, California state tax ID. So I have like a reseller's license. It's so I can pay sales tax online. Um, it's really not that hard to to get registered with it. You just have to go through like a clunky government website, which if you have enough patience, you can get through. <laughs> and um, once you have that, you know, you're able to to kind of do pop ups at flea markets, um, at least from my understanding, unless I've missed something there. But from what I understand, don't quote me on this officially, it all worked out for me that way. So yeah, I think it's definitely worth it. And also, then you can pay your sales tax and use tax through that through your state, which it's really good to get ahead of. So you don't have to wait till the end of the year and go, wait, how much do I owe? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and then you said you can't be in THC retails because of your CBD product? Yeah, in dispensary. So since I don't have a license with the state that I can carry marijuana, I can't, I can't be in that. And they don't carry hemp derived products. I don't know, to be honest, the exact reasoning behind it. My best guess, and I think my understanding of it is since it's a federally legal product, you can accept different payments for it. And I think they're just trying to make that a blanket law because I, I, I'm assuming, I don't know this for sure, but maybe they're worried that a dispensary would like take a payment and ring it up as a hemp derived product. But in reality, it's a THC derived product. They've taken a credit card for it. There's different taxes on it. You know, I, uh, weed in California is heavily taxed. It's very expensive to buy it from a dispensary. And so I think they're worried about, you know, the financial aspect of that would be my best guess. Interesting. That's so weird. Yeah. And it's true. I don't like for people... Um, who are in non-legalized states, when you go into a dispensary, the way you have to pay is so weird. Oh. Or they like have to round it up sometimes because they can only do process payments that are in like uh, fives oh. like or something. I don't know. It's just so it's weird. It's so bizarre. I went into this one dispensary over by me. It's called Sarah, S-E-R-R-A. It is so beautiful. It is ridiculous. I went in and spent way too much money because just because I wanted to be in there longer. It's they it was what med men wanted to be, but they forgot to ask women, you know, what what they wanted their shopping experience to be. And it's like these custom jewelry cases. They have literally an olive tree growing out of the middle of the building. It is so beautiful. But again, even it's this like very streamlined, futuristic, high end experience. And I have to pay through a debit card and they're rounding it up. And, you know, it's it's this, that and the other. And it's and it's expensive. It is weed is an expensive habit. I bought a total of eight joints and I spent seventy five dollars. And so it's just like not cheap, um, so, which is another reason why I'm sticking with CBD. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a very interesting world. I, my hope and, and desire for the world is that it continues to move through acceptance federally, um, that we continue to work towards exas or freeing people that are serving life sentences handed down under unjust drug laws that are, you know, through the three strike rules that people went to jail for a dime bag over. I mean, this is an essential business in the state of California during the pandemic, and there's people spending their life in jail over it. So I think with the growth of this industry, that that's such an important component with it, that we're normalizing weed, and then there's people spending their life in jail for it, and they should not be. And so I can, I think we should continue to push for legislation and work with, I work with an organization called the Buried Alive Project, um, where I donate sales from my clothing items um, to their organization. They work to, they have a team of lawyers and they pick people individually and they rework their case and they get them out. They were, you know, serving life sentences and they're free again because they went to jail in the eighties for, you know, a little bit of weed. And I just think that that is just, you know, touches into the whole systemic racism of this country and, and something that we need to continue to focus energy on and, and work towards. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Buried Alive project. That was one of the questions I forgot to put on this. Um, That's okay. On my little question sheet. Yeah, and I'm glad. So for anyone who's thinking about opening a CBD business and getting into retail, that's just something you have to think about when it comes to dispensaries. Um, and I think it's great that you're focusing some profits into organizations that do help, you know, people who've been victimized by the by the criminalization of marijuana. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's so important. I mean, there's a, a ton of different ones that are really great. The Last Prisoner Project. Um, I just came across them and I worked directly with the owner of it, who is really lovely. And, you know, I'm so proud and happy. I mean, it's not a ton of money because I'm small still, but to know that I can contribute and help in some way you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel right doing this business if I wasn't doing that. Because as, as a white woman in this industry, you have to be aware of your privilege and what, you know, was granted to you. I mean, the fact that I had 10 pounds of weed shipped to me, hemp flour, but 10 pounds of it, and it's a non-issue, you know, and there's people that are profiled and criminalized constantly for it is absurd to me. So uh, it's something I'm very passionate about and, and proud to say that I, you know, am contributing towards. Yeah, it's the self-awareness for me. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I think it's important. I think, you know, everybody's got their continued practice of learning what a their privilege is, what this country means for people of color, you know, what they've been through and what the systemic racism, look, racism looks like in this world. Um, and and nobody's going to be perfect. I, you know, this is a bit out of context, but I think cancel culture is sometimes um, really detrimental to uh, people who are just genuinely trying to learn. Um, I've definitely dealt with people who I think right now where cancel culture is so heightened, think that they're really championing something that they're really like getting behind and like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold this one up. Look at what I can do. I had someone message me because I posted a picture of Obama on President's Day smoking a joint and was really upset with me that I didn't recognize his involvement in the war and and what am I doing? And I, I tried to have a very human conversation with her. And I think some people just aren't like satisfied by that. I think they're like really seeking for something and then starts to dig into me about being a white woman in this industry. And then I feel like I have to defend myself to that and say, have you taken a look at my website? These are the organizations I'm contributing to. Um, I think if we really took a step back and connected with each other on like a very human level, um, you know, there are some people that like deserve to be canceled. Harvey Weinstein, get him out of here. 
you know, Louis C.K., goodbye, good riddance, Bill Cosby, don't even want to know that you exist anymore. But there's people that are just genuinely trying to learn and they may have made a mistake when we're culturally and as a society in a different place um, and, and, you know, want to continue to have that like moral humility and be able to go, oh, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. You know, I think it's about how we react to things. Um, and I, and I hope that, you know, like the Me Too movement where it went to a very extreme place um, where, you know, the worst of the worst guys were like, I don't even know if I can hug you anymore. Like, good. You should feel weird. You should feel weird for a little bit. Like, let's have this heightened sense of awareness. Um, so we can kind of come back to like a safe middle ground for everybody that is where we've all learned as a society. And that's kind of what I hope for this whole cancel culture movement is like, we're at an extreme end where everybody thinks they're like this internet warrior because they dug up a tweet from 2013. And they're trying to like, publicly, you know, crucify them through social media. Like, let's come back to like a middle ground where we can go, okay, we're just humans. We're all growing and learning. We've grown so much as a society. Like what we find funny is different than what we find funny 10 years ago. If you rewatch movies from like 2003, like we all thought Euro Trip was like amazing. If you rewatch it lately, it is traumatizing. Like the way that they talk to women and we were all like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. And they're just like objectifying and degrading women. Like we as a society are in such a different place. And I think we have to give people that grace and um, understanding that they can grow and learn with that. Yeah, exactly. We're all in this like growing space with each other. Even the people who are like calling people out you're calling people out because you've recently, the light bulb recently went off and you're like, whoa, I'm enraged and I'm not going to let this go any further, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everyone's catching up and information is being shared in a way that it's never been shared before. We're on this like crazy, you know, new communication with the entire world and different opinions and d people are in different places than others when it comes to like awareness um, yeah, there needs to be some grace for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I heard the beginning of this TED talk on it that I thought was really interesting. And, and you know, the two rules that we should abide by is like if we're thinking of canceling somebody or like calling somebody out, like are we at one beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're right? Like, do we know that, you know, with without reason that we have the right opinion on this? And two, do we genuinely believe that this person is beyond repair or beyond growth? Like, do we see this person as someone like a Louis CK who like dug his heels and it went the other direction? Like, okay, yeah, you're beyond repair. But there are so many people that are not, you know, that are like, would, would gladly go, oh, I didn't know. Thank you for telling me. And so I think approaching each other with so much more kindness and compassion and acceptance and understanding is really so, so important. When I've had people message me with that, like, anger of like, oh, I'm gonna get you, you know, and I just go, oh, hi, like, I'm so sorry, I didn't know, I try to be so vulnerable and so honest with them. And nine times out of 10, it's, um, you know, something that we both grow and learn from it feels like. And so I hope that that kind of conversation continues. Yeah, and it definitely will continue. Like some people get really stressed out about the way we're all communicating with each other right now, especially when it like gets aggressive. But I think in the end, or as we go forward, it's it's going to come to a good place. Like, of course, it's rocky right now. This is so new. Yeah. So, but I have high hopes. <laughs> I do too. I've got faith. I've got, you know, good feelings. I mean, especially after Joe Biden got into the office, I was like, okay, maybe the simulation will quit trying to kill us all now. Hopefully this will calm down a bit. 
And I hope that this like idea of compassion and connection and vulnerability is, is at the forefront of our growth and a way that we move forward in this world. Yes. And I think it is. Yeah. Love that journey for us. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know you've mentioned your skincare line, but what is next for Peach Honey? Um, well, yeah, ideally, I would love nothing more than to be able to launch the lotion that I formulated. It's this high dose, um, really yummy body cream that I am so excited about and was this original concept of, of like self-love moments for yourself, getting really gooey, just like putting it on your body and being like, yes. I love you. I love this body. I love myself. And so that's like big picture what I'd really, really love to do. Um, In the meantime, there's some new little bits of merch that are coming out, hopefully some new packaging designs um, I'd like to do. At this point, I kind of have a low price point and a mid price point packaging option. So I launched with the OG box, which is six joints in our cute little vintage cigarette box. And the idea is that's a reusable package. I do try to be very environmentally conscious through what I do. Um, And then I was able to launch uh, what we call a refill. So it's a biodegradable bag that's made out of recyclable materials that you can refill your box with. Um, and eventually I'd love to do, uh, like kind of a higher end piece, maybe something like a little bit more designer feeling like a vintage cigarette book that's, um, maybe in silver or gold. Um, so I'm working towards that. So just those little products and then remaining open to any sort of like inspiration or ideas or feedback along the way. I try to really listen to, um, what my consumers are saying and what they're wanting, which is why I came out with something like the taste where it's just a little single joint tube for people who maybe haven't tried CBD or really smoking weed at all and don't want to commit to the whole pack. They can just purchase one joint at a time and give it a try. So, um, I think continuing that evolution, you know, and then eventually the skincare, which she's so excited about. So hopefully that comes out within the next year and everybody can have a chance to experience it. Yeah, amazing. And I do. I loved the taste, the refill and the box options on your website. I thought that was really great. Um, And I agree after a shower or like daily, like moisturizing is such an intimate moment with yourself that you have. And so, yeah, having that extra like CBD experience, I'm so excited to see like what it smells like. I'm really excited for that. Thank you. I'm very thrilled about it too. But yeah, I think it's in such an important time. And I just think again, we're at this like forefront of an age where we should just be so obsessed with ourselves, like men, women, non-binary, everybody, like be so undeniably in love with yourself and then everything good will follow from there. At least that's been my experience. It was such a shift for me to just go, oh yeah, you're great. Good job. Like I love you, you know, and that's been the catalyst for everything. I totally agree. The way I flirt with myself in the mirror is wrong. Hell yeah. It's wrong. Yes. (laughs) I love that for you. I think that's so important and we should be celebrating that. You know, any guy that ever tries to shame that, anytime I post a video on TikTok where I'm like, I'm just feeling myself, it just takes 10 seconds for some dude to just be like, "Mm, maybe you shouldn't be so arrogant. And it's like, you know what, girl, I don't have time for you and your negative energy. Like, I'm sorry that some girl rejected you for prom years ago. It's not my fault. Like, let me live my life. You know, I think we should continue to celebrate and anybody that feels insecure or doesn't appreciate in the long run can go elsewhere. I don't have time for you. Well, this has been great. Before we head out, I do want to go through our little speed round. Okay, great. So describe the peach honey gooey lifestyle in three words. Um, I would say gooey lifestyle in three words is euphoric, um, compassionate, and self-love. We'll hyphenate that into one word. (laughs) 
Love that. And your dream person to have a smoke sesh with? Um, definitely Michelle Obama. Uh, but AOC is a very close second, especially with her latest post. I am very obsessed with her. <laughs> I, uh, for some reason, that didn't cross my mind, but AOC would be an amazing person to smoke sesh with. I would love nothing more. Um, she's iconic on so many levels. Iconic, for <laughs> sure. What's your favorite song to light up to? Um, I would say, I mean, it's so hard to narrow it down, but anything by this artist, Big Pig, she's incredible. She's like Spanish and Irish. I'm, I'm in love with her. Or anything from like the late 60s, pretty much like some Jefferson Airplane, some Janis Joplin, any of that I will very much get down to. Nice. I'm going to have to check out that artist. Oh, yeah. You'll love her. She's great. What is your biggest dream for your cannabis career? Bigger the better. Um, I... If we're going big or going home, I would love nothing more. And this probably sounds like a Miss America answer, but I'm genuinely meaning it. If if CBD can reach everybody that it needs to reach that would genuinely benefit from it, whether it's anxiety or pain or just like a daily experience for them um, that helps with their with their lives. That's what I want for the world is for all of them to be able to experience that and, and grow from it. Here she comes. <laughs> thank you so much, judges. Hi, thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. I will be back here in my gown. There we go. I love that answer. <laughs> thank you. And the last one, what is a quote you live by? Um, something that's really stuck with me, you know, through the the growth of this company and, and just, you know, life in general is um, it's amor fati, which is lover of faith and beauty, pain, all of it. You just let it happen to you and you love and accept it along the way and just trust that you're on the right path chills love it thank you so much paisley oh of course thank you so much (laughs) for yeah (laughs) but thank you no i really appreciate being here and and having a chance to talk with you and you know gabbing about peach honey it's literally my favorite so um thank you for your time yeah this has been such a great time where can people shop peach honey find you online yeah so everything's going to be on our website peachhoney.co um, or our Instagram at Peach Honey, and I'm at Paisley Laura on TikTok and Instagram if you want to witness whatever I do on the internet these days. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode just as much as I enjoyed recording it with Paisley. Working on this podcast has really ignited my imagination. Have you ever been high and just saw a clear as fuck vision for a business? As an entrepreneur at heart, my mind's always bubbling with ideas. I just remember when me and my friends would have smoke sessions, we would talk about all the cool businesses we wanted to create with weed, not even knowing that a decade later they could be a real thing. I started this podcast because I love supporting small businesses and because I aspire to create my own someday, and I've just been having such a great time picking the brains of these creative women. I hope you've been learning and feeling inspired too, and I just wanted to end episode three with a little reminiscing because the industry is moving so fast, we can forget that it's still so new. There's so much space for everyone. The best place to start is where you are, and the best time to start is now. And don't forget it. Thank you so much for listening to the Work Sesh podcast. If this podcast gave you good vibes, spread the love and subscribe. Subscribing means you can look forward to more inspiring episodes. We have an amazing artist interview and a bud tender episode coming up. So stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram at Work Sesh Podcast. Questions, comments, suggestions, or if you know someone who would love to have a podcast sesh with me, please email us at workseshpodcast at gmail.com. Stay high and keep grinding.